Hi, I'm Rail Bricker, and I'll be one of your hosts for the Business Excellence Podcast. Hi, and I'm Lindsay Adams. I'm the co-host. And together, we're going to be talking about what makes up business excellence. And we believe that you can never be perfect. All you can be is excellent. And in our businesses and in our lives, we want to achieve excellence. And that's why this is the Business Excellence Podcast. Hi, and welcome to this edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. My name is Rail Bricker, and today I'm flying solo. In today's podcast, I'm going to be looking at what we do to bring our businesses out of lockdown. 2020 has been an interesting year, to say the least, around the world. And Australia has been lucky enough to emerge from lockdown fairly unscathed. However, the rest of the world still pretty much reeling under the effects of lockdown. And so the question we, noticed, we need to start thinking about is how can we make our businesses react? How do we make our businesses more rich and robust and stronger and more reactive to the new world? Because the new world as we know it is never really going to be the same as the old world. And so we need to work out what the new world is going to look like and how does that new world work for us. But first I have to digress a little bit. In March 2020, I was at a conference in Adelaide and from there I flew via Sydney to Bali to meet my daughter for a wedding where she was a bridesmaid. As I was boarding the plane in Sydney, on the way to Bali, the announcement was made by the Australian government that anyone returning to Australia after that date would have to have two weeks of quarantine. At that stage, it was quarantine at home. And, you know, we we kind of debated, should I get on the plane in Sydney? Should I go back to Perth, etc.? And I decided that I'd committed to the friends whose daughter was getting married. I'd committed to them to be at the wedding and I'd committed to my daughter, who was the bridesmaid, to be there as well. So I got on the plane, went off to Bali, got there on a Sunday night, got there on a Sunday night, and the wedding was on Monday and Tuesday morning. My daughter and I had changed our flights from the Wednesday to the Tuesday. We wanted to get back to Australia as quickly as possible with this unknown quantity called the pandemic. And so... We came home and we spent two weeks in quarantine and on those two weeks I actually recorded every day a different video marking the 14 days in quarantine and those are available out of interest on my YouTube channel and other sources on social media. So what happened in those two weeks? I decided because it was beautiful summer in Perth that I was going to create for myself a home office, not the one I normally use when I'm working from home, but a new home office, let's call it, on the patio. It's beautiful weather. You could be sitting outside in shorts and a t-shirt from 6 a.m. and probably till 9 p.m. at night. It was just that warm, you know, beautiful um, autumn, summer going into autumn. What that did was actually something quite profound because I got my staff in the office to send a whole lot of things home, an extra monitor and a few other things that I needed at home. But what happened 
was that I'd come outside in the morning with a coffee and I'd sit down there and look at the weather and sit down there and work for two hours and then do some exercise and then come back to, to working. Obviously, my, my daughter and I were confined to being within the boundaries of our property. That was the rules in, our, in, in Perth at the time. It came the end of the day, 5.30, 6 o'clock, whenever I decided to stop working, 6.30 some nights, and I shut my laptop and I took it inside the house. And then often because my, my daughter and I were in, in quarantine but my son and wife weren't, we would have dinner together with my daughter and I on one side of the outdoor patio table and my son and my wife on the other side of the outdoor patio table following the rules of quarantine. But that distinct act of closing my laptop and taking it inside and shutting down the work environment outside was my way of decompressing the day. Something we'd normally do, we'd get in a car, we'd drive home for 20 minutes, listen to music, maybe make a few phone calls. But that time that I was taking to strip the office down, to put my laptop away, to put things away, to set the table outside for dinner. That was my decompression time. That was the distinction time between my day and evening, my home work environment. And it was interesting in another podcast with Amanda Lambrose, we were talking about date night and we're talking about people needing decompression time to separate between the home and the work environment or the work and the home environment. And I didn't realize until that quarantine period earlier this year how critical that was to have a physical distinction. And a physical distinction in my world was shutting my laptop, but also a mental distinction, a mental decompression time to take the edge off the day and create an environment that made it workable, that made it a place where you are now not at work but at home. But I also realized during this time how lucky I was because I had my my 27-year-old daughter who had been living in London at the time but came back to Perth on a holiday and my 16-year-old son who was still at school. We didn't have small kids. We didn't have to face the challenge of homeschooling. You know, we, my biggest challenge was while I was in isolation was setting my staff up to so that they could work from home, making sure we'd up the level of security on our network, making sure that they all had sufficient hardware at home, arranging for some of them to get new chairs delivered to their houses, some to buy new laptops. It was all the things we needed to do to make sure that we transitioned the business from a work-in-the-office environment to a work-at-home environment. That was my biggest challenge. But one of the biggest challenges facing most other people and those all around the world is that challenge of working from home. We don't realize, I didn't realize that the small kids and a colleague of mine in Melbourne pointed out, you know, that her her son was at home and how she couldn't be sitting in her office while he was not in another part of the house because he wouldn't do any work. So when they were together, she struggled to make phone calls and, and, and things like that. And so it became quite interesting to try and understand other people's situations. 
it all became all too real. Very recently, I was chatting to the HR director of an insurance company in America. And the HR director was telling me how they had moved their entire call center, call center based in the U.S., continental U.S., to a home-based call center. In other words, all the staff were told, from tomorrow, you're all working at home. We assume you have enough internet capacity and you have the right hardware at home, or you can take a laptop home, whatever the, the situation was. But there was a line in that. The company assumed that people had sufficient internet capacity. And I asked the HR director, I asked them for clarity on that. And they said, the company took an approach that said, it's as if you've got a car to drive to work or you're coming on public transport. Having internet at home is a condition of your employment. Now, we could get into a whole legal debate or moral debate about that. And I thought at first glance that made no sense. I thought, you know, you really couldn't really rely on the team to have sufficient internet. And I didn't think that that company's analogy of, oh, well, you need a car to get to work, so why can't we insist on internet? It was made much more real with a number of the organizations that deal with, with one of my companies, which is in finance, and they had significant infrastructure in Southeast Asia, in India, the Philippines, etc. And what happened there was that they had COVID outbreaks in those centers. They had to shut the centers down. But the level of internet and the level of um, sophistication in people's houses was near zero. So they actually had to physically shut down and not operate because they could not make an assumption about anybody in the team having sufficient internet. And so I guess the debate rages in the first part of this discussion. The debate rages about whether those sorts of things in this new world, the work from home environment, you know, are they real? Are they things that organizations can insist on? You know, you have enough internet at home for playing games on the internet, but you have to have enough internet for work. You have to have a computer that's powerful enough or potentially buy a computer for the staff. Do they have an environment? If they're working in a call center, and that was the other thing that was raised by this HR director, was that the socioeconomic background of most of the call center staff was probably defined as lower socioeconomic. And potentially a lot of them lived in houses without a quiet area, particularly with lockdown, with kids at home. And these were people who were front-facing to customers in call centers. So therein lies a whole myriad of challenges that organizations face in moving forward into this new world. And in this series of podcasts, I'm going to be covering off a number of those challenges. I'm going to be covering off not only the challenges, but also some of the solutions, some of the ideas that are being touted, some of the ideas my clients are implementing right now in terms of creating rich and robust cultures, creating diverse and inspired teams, creating ethical backgrounds for the team, but making sure that all of this exists in the work from home environment. 
it exists within the realm of you know managing in the new world and so for today my thoughts are that it is important that we remember to decompress when working at home when working from home we need a decompression time if we don't have the physical space to do that like I was lucky enough to have then walk outside walk around the block to separate physically and as employers we have to be very very cognizant of the situations of our employees we have to really consider the employees environments when making decisions at a management level that are going to affect employees in the work environment in their homes so that's railbricker signing off for this edition of the business excellence podcast we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the business excellence podcast